This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Wow, it's bopping here in the studio. Yeah, we got a nice little flow working here right at the moment. Welcome back. I'm Professor America Street, a.k.a. the Hip Hop Prof. I'm happy to welcome our next guest to the program. This is an old friend of the Wharton School. This is Brad Grossman, who is founder and CEO of Zeitguide. Hi, Brad. Hey, how are you? I'm very so great to be back. It's great to have you back, my friend. Extremely excited to have you because you always come to the studio. You bring the thunder. You always do your thing. I love it. I've, one of the things that's very cool about what you do, Brad, is that you are the guru of understanding the cultural context. And it's very, very critical. I've been talking to my students, Brad, about this idea about you have to, if you're going to build a brand, you have to understand the cultural environment in which you are going to try to play and exist. So the Zeitguide is a critical Bible, if you will, to help us sort of understand exactly what's going to be going on in terms of trends, et cetera. So I thank you very much for creating such a wonderful uh, piece of knowledge for me to share with our listeners. Hey, you know what? It could be a textbook for your class. Oh, I like it. I like it, but I'm going to do it. We could, we could talk, we, we could do some marketing deal here. Uh, I like I it. it. I like it. We, we'll talk about my percentage royalty later, Brad. Uh, <laughs> I like how you think that's how you have to think these days. Oh, very, very marketers cool. Have to, you know, marketers have to think about making money. Yeah, that's exactly right. We got to think about these things. So Brad, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to and uh, kind of where I went through, I was reading through the, the Zeitgeist. Uh, but before we dive into it, just talk a little bit about kind of cool things that you're doing right now and some other things that have got you really excited. Well, what I'm really excited about right now is helping some of our clients. And just to remind you and your mm-hmm. audience, please do. My team and I work with top executives global brands Mm -hmm. to help them understand what matters and help them think through how they should conceptualize or reconceptualize their business approaches and their creative approaches in the future. Mm -hmm. And we all know that we are being disrupted um, by so many different forces. I would say it's not just digital, it's actually time. Okay. And it's really hard to keep up and it's really hard to Mm. respond and it's really hard to come up with creative ideas and drive culture forward. Mm -hmm. So one of the big projects that I'm working on with a few of my CMO clients is how should we reconceptualize the job of the CMO? Okay, okay. And not only that, how should we connect with other parts of the hmm. global corporation that okay. we've never really had to deal with before? Interesting. And the third most, I guess, anxiety-provoking um, thing that's happening with a lot of our clients is that they are be given they're they're being given more responsibility mm. in areas that they don't have any expertise. Oh, I so see. I see. One of our clients um, just got the title as CMO and CLO, Chief C- Learning Officer. <laughs> CLO and CMO. Wow. Yes. Uh-huh. Which is interesting. Which is it's actually uh, Linda Boff, the CMO of GE. I'm oh, sure. nice. Um, yeah, she just got that title, uh, CLO in culture, and she's also overseeing communication. Okay. Wow. Right. So. Okay. 
you know, and that communications in many corporate structures would basically just report to the CEO. Right. Um, now to have the communications report to the CMO is an interesting um, move forward. Interesting. And a lot of our clients with the CMO title are getting other titles like chief commercial officer mm-hmm. or chief experience officer. <laughs> so before it was chief digital officer. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the role is being much more, you know, uh, it, it's being broadened. Broadened. But, the, but it's also causing a lot of people within the corporate structure to not really know their role. So I have one client who's the chief commercial officer Mm -hmm. and all the CMOs of the various brands within the ecosystem reports to her. I see. So there's a political thing going on as well. Interesting. So the, the, the dynamic landscape then, Brad, is changing. And the requirements of the chief marketing officer and his or her ability to be nimble across various different domains of expertise, interdisciplinary domains that might be critical to how the business is run in this kind of new day and age, if you will, is where where you and your colleagues are trying to make sure that you're providing the wisdom and knowledge to be able to do that effectively for your clients, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And one other point I'll make is that I was actually thinking about Linda's new role as the chief learning officer, and it's interesting. I think the marketer or the marketing departments should be working very close with the human resources mm-hmm. executives because they're the ones who are usually in charge of education, mm-hmm. let's just say. Mm-hmm. But it's a marketer's job to make sure that they know what they need to know, not just about their own company, not just about their industry, but the world around them because they're going outside in the world and they're also – you know, writing on LinkedIn and doing social media. So if you have uneducated employees, it's mm. not good for the company. It's not good for the brand of the company. Interesting. So uh, I can understand how learning is becoming more part of the of the you know the marketer's role. Yes, and actually, it's now, very it's actually very interesting as well, Brad, because we actually have a. Uh, a, a sort of a PhD program for those individuals uh, who are in that space who, who, that are going to be CLOs essentially, and uh, uh-huh. so it's definitely up on you know it's it's something that is on the radar in terms of being kind of a critical skill. Can you talk a little bit though, Brad, about how about the evolution of the CMO job in terms of you know where it's been and where it's going in terms of this new requirement and how you're going to help clients get to up to speed and how you're doing that. So I would say, you know, I've been running Zeitguide or I founded Zeitguide mm-hmm. about six years ago, mm-hmm. um, working with high-level marketers and um, high-level, like I guess let's just say on the highest level, which is the CMO. Mm-hmm. And even when I started working in that respect, I was like, you know, like everybody just wants that chief title, which, by the way, I'm going to prognosticate <laughs> that that word chief uh-huh. is going to be eliminated. It's not going to be chief this, chief that, uh-huh. yeah, because chief actually has uh, a connotation in mm. some ways of, you know, the, you know, the, the chief, you know, whether <laughs> you think of it as being like the, the, you know, the pejorative term Indian, the Native American, right, yes. like the chief, mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. it's very masculine as well. Mm-hmm. So. 
you know, I think the word chief is going to be eliminated from the title. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the thing about marketing before the digital age, mm-hmm. it was more about creating the brand and creating a brand promise mm-hmm. and using money, you know, in, you know, in, you know, in advertising to promote that brand, to get people to buy your product. Right. right? I mean, you're the expert in this. Would <laughs> you say that that was the traditional, like the traditional job for yeah. the digital world yeah. of, a, of a marketer. It was very top yeah. down. It was very like, here's yeah. our brand and we are going to define it. We are going to put principles around it. Here's our aesthetic. This is our logo. We're going to push it out there. And basically as a consumer, you have to believe basically what it is that we're telling you that we're about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, with the rise of digital, I would say in the last six years or so, um, the chief marketing officer was not only in charge of like the advertising budget, but then was overseeing digital. Um, and right. there actually are a lot of companies that had digital and, and marketing as two separate departments. Oh, wow. But, you know, digital enabled marketers to back then they were using the word big data which mm. you know is a trendy <laughs> word but yeah, yeah. you know basically digital and and digital disruption of the advertising business so to speak um transformed into a data and listening role so mm. instead of just doing market research with uh Focus groups and qual and quant. Mm-hmm. Right? Do I have to explain that or? No, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Well, we'll do a, right, we'll do right. a really real brief uh, primer on that, Brad. Since you all are, right. yeah, I'll, I'll turn the uh, professorial mic over to you, and you'll uh, drop some knowledge for our listeners on this. But go all ahead. Right. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, people would get research by interviewing, and that's qual mm-hmm. consumers that they would basically, you know, find off the street <laughs> or it would be a little bit more targeted mm-hmm. or they would do more of a fill-in survey and, 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 and crunch the numbers to mm-hmm. see how their brand was resonating with the, an audience or the audience that they would want to sell to. Gotcha. And mm-hmm. I would say that at first when everybody was so scared about digital, um, they realize, wow, digital can really help us understand the consumer on a one-on-one basis, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we have a chapter in the book called about called uh, the new consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we don't like, in fact, a millennial who worked for me actually has caused me to change my belief in this. Like Uh-oh. everybody would be like, I need to know about millennials. I need to know about Gen Z's, right? Uh-huh. Now it's Gen Alpha, right? This is the newest generation. <laughs> right, right. And they would generalize, or I need to know about Hispanics. Uh-huh. <laughs> or, or I, you know, I, I, anyway, you, yes, you get the point. I do get the point. But now with digital technology, you can use the data to analyze your consumer on an individual basis based on their interests and based on their behaviors and mm. based on their buying purchases and their click-throughs and their social media, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So the role of the marketer needs to be like the chief data officer because they're oh. the ones who need to uh, oversee the, the scientific 
approach to mm-hmm. understanding the, the the consumer on a micro level as opposed to a macro level. And this is absolutely interesting stuff, Brad, because I think your point is, I'll recapitulate it for our listeners, you know, the, the, prior to the, the digital revolution, if you will, uh, we lo- we use qualitative interviewing. We would talk to consumers. We use quantitative surveys. All of this stuff would be sort of reported to them. They would come to us. We'd ask them questions. They would report to us uh, responses to our products and brands. And you're saying, listen, this thing is totally different now. And the CMO would guide that. But now it's no longer the CMO. It's the CDO. It's the chief data officer. And what you're doing now is not interjecting yourself into the consumer's lives as much as you are trying to be kind of ethnographically like listening and trying to understand what exactly are they doing on their social media platforms and how do I derive insights about their beliefs, their attitudes, their desires, their wants, their motivations by sort of just observing, right, all of this information that I'm able to gather now that I couldn't gather prior to this digital revolution. Is that a fair characterization? Yes, and also use the word before when you describe me and contextualize, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because you could see with you know programmatic and uh, you know automation and you know cookies, you can track where mm-hmm. that consumer has gone before, and not just on a digital level, on a physical level too, as physical spaces are becoming more digital. Mm-hmm. So yes, so yes, the chief data officer, but I would say that. The social media data that you get or any kind of digital data, you know, you need to get other data, too. So you still need to do the qual and the qual. Yes. You still need to get first-party data. You need to get third-party data. Yes. And you still need to get second-party data. Mm-hmm. Second-party data is other people's first-party data. and Third-party data is just like, <laughs> you know, the contextualized data. So right. you need really smart data scientists to kind of put all those pieces together and figure out, you know, what it all means. So the term that everybody's using now um, is advanced advertising, mm, right? Okay. So mm-hmm. advanced av- advertising is targeting your consumer. So targeting millennials or targeting people in Pennsylvania who go to college and, you know, uh, who are between the ages of 18 and 24, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now a brand will go to... Uh, a network or somebody who's selling ad space and say, I want no, I don't just want to know that who's, you know, who's that college student. I want to know the college student who is about to buy a car who um, lives in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and really loves music and has three kids mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. So basically, you can, you know, a digital consumer means a multifaceted consumer. Multifaceted. So I would say that that was the next iteration. Now, I'm seeing a merge or a, a conflation between the chief revenue officers, basically okay. the head of sales, mm-hmm. and the chief marketing officer. Oh, okay. So the revenue so officer the, now is is it the 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 duties of the revenue officer is really becoming intertwined and importantly related to the duties of the of of the of the marketer. Yes, well the marketer is at the end of the day a marketer is in sales, you're selling the brand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But now because of data, you can see how effective your marketing campaign is. Or maybe not, you know, it's still not perfect, believe mm-hmm. me, attribution, like what's a like, what's a, right. you know, none right. of that stuff. But we're, we're further but along than where we were before, is your point. Exactly, mm-hmm. and we're approaching that. So 
you can measure a marketing, the ROI of a marketing campaign right now. Mm-hmm. And since, you know, you're getting closer between a brand experience or an advertisement that can lead you to an either an e-commerce transaction mm-hmm. or an in-store purchase, which, you know, a lot of legacy retailers are, you know, uh, investing in this kind of uh, digital data in the store, which we talk about in the book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that now that you, so now you have the information to see if what the CMO and that person's team is doing mm-hmm. to actually create a real sale. Gotcha. Or turn into a real sale. Mm-hmm. Listeners, so, if, yes. Listen, I want to reset really quickly, Brad. Listeners, if yeah. you're just joining us, we were on the phone with uh, Brad Grossman, who's founder and CEO of Zeitguide. Over the last eight years, Brad has built a unique think-do-tank focused on the leading-edge issues changing our culture. Very important stuff, and therefore our global businesses. Brad heads client teams that guide top executives in nearly every industry, vertical, media, entertainment, consumer products, finance, technology, advertising, healthcare, and so on, leading these Fortune 100 global enterprises, nonprofits, and emerging startups. Very cool stuff. If you're interested in joining the conversation, please do so. 1-844-WHARTON is the number. That's 1-844-942-7866. Now, before we jump into Zeitguide, I want to spend some time on this, Brad. Please give us the website where we can get this information for Zeitguide. Zeitguide.com, and for those of you who don't know, um, it stands for Zeitgeist, the Zeitgeist. <laughs> yes. And for those of you who don't know, Zeitgeist is a German word that yes. means spirit of the times. Spirit so of the times. Zeitgeist.com. And, you know, if you're not a client of ours, you can experience our thinking by getting this business to consumer product mm-hmm. on our website. And we've always done an annual cultural almanac, mm-hmm. but this year we're doing the annual which we, you know, produced in January, and we're updating it with a briefing every um, quarter. So the next one, so part of the package is you get the book in the beginning, and you see how the narrative evolves throughout the entire year. Very nice. Let's and, talk. Let's talk about some of the yeah. stuff that's in the that's in the book, uh, sure. Brad. What do you want to point our listeners to as some critical ideas that you'd like to highlight and illustrate in terms of the work you and your colleagues are doing? All right, well, we've been talking a lot about sales and marketing, and I think that's relevant to your audience. And in Chapter 2, mm-hmm. it's called The Digital Paradox. The dig- I love and, that. That's, so, that's just, yeah. like, incredible. That's, like, very dramatic. The Digital Paradox. Tell us about that, Brad. The Digital Paradox just mainly means that, you know, we're at a crossroads mm-hmm. in how the global culture is feeling about technology in our lives. You know, it's been really cool. Um, Let's say 2012, I think there was like that turning point of forward momentum of like digital or die. (laughs) You hear that that Facebook became public, right? And as we all know, there were a lot of naysayers in the beginning. The stock dropped and look at it now. Right. Netflix, you know, like, why would anybody want to just stay home and, you know, watch television all day? Um, and binge- so, like, and, and, and I actually have been having these interesting conversations, not just with clients, but with friends and, 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 and peers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like, would you, if you went back to 2012, would you think, would you have done different things? Right. Like, would you, oh. would you have been on Facebook as much? Uh, because, I mean, there's a lot, with all the positives in terms of digital technology, which we just talked about, you know, understanding your consumer, um, connecting with them, 
um, listening to them, right? It gives the consumer more power than they ever had before. Right. We've seen, you know, the the repercussions of fake news, right? Yes. Handles, yes. You know, yes. we talked about brand safety, right? Mm-hmm. And YouTube, you know, you, you can have an amazing video with a, with an ISIS video in front of it. Right. right? That's not good. That's not good. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Digital has also enabled such behemoths like Amazon to basically, you know, take over everybody else's industry. Like, yeah. who thought that an ebook seller would become a huge media company itself? Right. Uh, get in the cloud business. Yes. And about to get in the now, banking business, right? The banking business, healthcare, healthcare, with the acquisition of. Yep, healthcare because Amazon and Warren Buffett and is it J.P. Morgan Chase? I, I think, think so. I, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Are, are creating a fund to develop um, healthcare new businesses. Mm-hmm. As you know, the acquisition of uh, of uh, Whole Foods they're in the grocery business now. So yes, that has really, really kind of you know put in everybody's face like, okay, we're not just competitors with people in our industry we're competitors with everybody mm-hmm. and that's really really challenging interesting um so you know we, we've been seeing those kind of effects but also on a i guess on a societal measure i mean we've been experiencing and also hearing a lot about uh digital addiction yes right, right. And, you know, there's a term that we use called nomophobia that we've learned from a a lot of our um, psychologist friends and sociologists. Uh Nomophobia is the anxiety of being without a phone. Yeah. Right? Yes. Very real. Yes. Yes. The average person touches her or his mobile phone 2,000 times a day, according to that really great 60 Minutes report. Interesting. And it's altering our brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. And the habit-forming dependency is really making us think about if we are using digital technology to amplify our lives as a tool or are we allowing it to take over. And mm-hmm. then the worst study or the, mm. the conclusion of this particular study uh-huh. um yeah it, it was a i think it was in the clinical psychology science okay uh publication mm-hmm. in november actually and it found that teens who spent more time on social media or mm-hmm. on their phones mm-hmm. were more likely to report mental health issues oh wow that's that interesting suicide too i think it's the highest rate of suicide in, oh in that's that, interesting uh, yeah age group interesting ever. very very interesting so marketers so, then need yeah, to be so the marketing di- paradox the digital paradox marketing needs to marketers need to be very much aware of this how do they quickly because we got about a minute left you know oh, what, really? what what's oh, your so i know i know it's so much fun uh, I, I love so, having so, you on so, brett so what is it it's re- about bringing business and, and bringing it into the human level mm-hmm. um it's about uh getting people off their phones off oh. their couches and into i mean everybody's talking about the retail apocalypse uh-huh. right? right or the mall apocalypse uh-huh. actually even though earnings were down for walmart store traffic was up and oh. store sales were up okay. in target as well uh-huh. so all these legacy companies basically had to create a digital experience digital uh-huh. and digital we call it that word i and, love it and uh <laughs> and use their natural resource in this case it's their space 
how do you use that to get people to create so many or experience such great experiences? Macy's in New York is building a park on their roof, oh, right? right? How do you, you take your brand and create experience? Back to the chief experience officer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we have – and I, I, I just think that – if you understand that people are craving this, right? Mm-hmm. There's also studies about online dating going down. People want real life want real experiences. Life. Very cool. And that'll change everything if people understand and use our creativity mm-hmm. to amplify the digital and recreate the physical experience and entertaining. And there you could use digital tools to make it more fun. VR, AR. All that stuff. Artificial intelligence yes. to help you know, when you walk into a store to know exactly what, you know, for the store clerks to know exactly right. you know, what you want. Exactly. And, exactly. And we got to focus on being human again. Being human again. I love it. Brad Grossman, thanks so much for joining us tonight. It was great to have you. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.